The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern, followed by mandatory minimum 18-hour workday with guaranteed unpaid overtime, where sexual assault is so common you get to sign a waiver promising not to sue even before you start your new job. Warning, side effects may include insomnia, heavy drug use, thousands of dollars in therapy, alcoholism, anorexia, nervosa, bulimia, and or obesity, depending on your job or role, hallucinations, loss of integrity, complete loss of moral compass, bleeding from the fingernails after trying to claw your way to the top, as well as excessive chapping of the lips from, uh, lips from kissing everyone's ass. If you have these or any other side effects or begin to question your life choices, please contact your therapist because nobody in Hollywood gives a damn. Hollywood, shut up and take it. And there we go. Okay. <laughs> G'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of The Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. And mm-hmm. since we're going to be talking about porn today, I think that is actually a really apt intro. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a huge, huge supporter. I actually am... It, it's a kind of a dichotomy. I'm not a big fan of pornography. I don't watch it, um, and I don't like it. But I'm a huge supporter of the industry because whether people realize it or not one of the temp poles of the entire film industry is pornography and the biggest purveyor of porn is Disney. So if you guys can uh, tell me what company they own, I'll give you a giveaway. We'll give you a ride from ATV, uh, an ATV ride at off-road rentals in Palm Springs, California, or a free float at uh, True Rest Sedona or Las Vegas. So tell me what company they have. I just thought that would be a fun one. Mm-hmm. educate everyone because um, I don't think people realize how integral porn is to the industry uh, well even though porn's really on its heels right now uh, a little bit the internet's kind of fucked it just a little bit yeah 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 and I mean I, I, I remember talking to a guy who directed me in the Flintstones Will Ryder and he's like all the porn that he made that that is his porn is being given away for free on Pornhub Pornhub, see, this is a problem. I don't believe in policing the internet, but so if we police it, we're fucked. But if we keep letting this product out there, we have a problem. Um, I think something that needs to happen is there needs to be, and this is just personal, um, one, I believe actors in the adult film industry should be in uh, allowed in the Screen Actors Guild, Producers Guild, Directors Guild. I believe they should have protection because from a studio standpoint, we make a fuck ton of money. I'd like to remind everyone, every time we swear, we uh, give money to the Boys and Girls Club of well, America, the Humane Tainalicious. Society of America, and Free MMA. So we are oh, using bad oh. language for charity. And Lex is going to kill Paul for that much swearing in the background because she gets to count it. Motherfucker and tits. Okay. There you go. Seven words you can't say on radio and television. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the- Fuck, man. I'm going to cuss in here. <laughs> <laughs> 
might have to count all of them. And one from the peanut gallery, thank you. Yep, sir. there's okay. yeah, Rod. He's the guy that runs the show. You're hearing him in the background. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, I know. We've had secret conversations where you know he'll say something, we'll respond to him, and then I get people writing me like, "Who are you talking to?" Mm. I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> um. Yeah, I so, know people just think I assume I'm talking to the voices in my head, but you know that's a whole yeah, other thing. Yeah. But there's really someone there, I promise. Mm. Uh, so we are looking at today. I'm really excited for our guest today. We have the girls from Two Girls One Mike. It's a porn cast. Mm-hmm. Um, hosts Yvette and Alice are ready to discuss the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. They're joined by comedians, porn stars, and others to review films, discuss the industry, and topics. Um, that are porn adjacent and sex adjacent. So that excites me. I really want, like, you know, it's kind of the the porn industry is like the redheaded stepchild of the film mm. of the film industry. It's related. It's like blood related. We're all tied together, um, but we really don't give a lot of respect to people in the industry. Of course, you know. And I don't get it. Yeah, you know, it's 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 again, it's it's the dirty little secret, secret. But they and they don't want to give much, uh, you know, and and just give actors a reason to look down on another thing because actors really get looked down on on a regular basis. That's because you know. most actors are assholes, <laughs> except for my friends, they're wonderful people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. <laughs> but it's it's true. It's a really it's it's a really it's a steep hill to climb. But I speak it. Um, a lot of different conventions and I, I speak on um, like I spoke I speak at the adult cons some of the time and part of the reason I speak there isn't necessarily for the fans but I like to talk to the actors in the adult entertainment industry and talk about okay here's how you extend your career because the average career of a porn star is like eight months yeah, so it's gotten down real said, bad. Yeah, and, it's bad. And what that tends to mean is that it takes you about eight months to go through all of the porn companies that are still out here in LA, and then they want somebody new. So unless you really, really stand out, you know, and we haven't really had a Jenna Jameson for a long time. She is a really cool chick. Mm-hmm. The um, she she is really cool. I met her when I was doing stuff for the troops over in Iraq, mm. and she's just a really cool human being. I really like her. Mm-hmm. The um, the big thing I think that people miss is everyone kind of wants, you know, the new girl on the blog. It's amateur. You know, it's am- they're an amateur. It's beginning, blah, blah, blah. That's really popular. And so once you get through that and you've done, you know, fi- you've, you've gone through those companies and done those films, you're no longer an amateur. So you either have to have a specialty or you have to stand out. Now, Jenna, um, one thing Jenna said was she would fuck anyone what made her stand out is she would literally fuck anyone anyway anyhow and that i'd like to remind you this is for charity that's why i'm swearing yeah, that's yeah, a direct yeah. quote I, on what it, she said okay fair enough and that's um. how she put it she's like if they wanted me to do it i did it so she got ahead by literally never saying no also not something i recommend by the way yeah um, she she has a standout personality if you talk to her so it's not just the adult films it was she made friends with the crew she made friends with the director her first husband was one of her producers but she really kind of made friends with everyone so people worked with her because they liked her Mm. and she stood out because she kept getting hired Mm, yeah and the fans loved her exactly she was and she was great when you met her she was just a very cool person 
So unless you plan on screwing the next president of the United States, you need to find a different way to get famous these days. Mm. And there's no guarantee on who that be. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> really? I don't you recommend throw, you had to throw a thing in there, didn't you? Uh, okay. No, I right. didn't mean it that way. I literally meant that's how Stormy Daniels got famous. Did anyone give a shit about her until then? Ah, uh, well, when she was when she was at the height of her porn prowess, prowess she still she was wasn't Jenna the, Jameson. No, or no, because like I said, we haven't had one of those in a while. You know. So we do. Mm, well, I don't think I don't. Is she going? Is Stormy still? Uh, I know she's still touring uh, strip clubs. I don't know if she's doing any porn these days. Which, mm. I don't know. You know, whatever floats people's boats. Um, if you are looking at getting into the porn industry, one thing I always recommend, make sure you take some social media classes. Make sure you learn how to market yourself because you need to be marketing yourself, not just to the companies you want to work for, but to fans. Um, and the and once you get through the, you know, new goal on the spot amateur stuff, specialize. Be a standout. Stand out in one area, then expand. Um, that's really Which the those best way. actually kind of go hand in hand but yeah so but in a, in a rather <laughs> in a rather in your endo sort of way so uh, you know. it's it's, a, it's an in your endo I, I missed yes. that yeah <laughs> a lot of in your endo there okay i i'm not sure what we're talking about but i'll take your word for it uh -huh. um but that's the easiest way and i think what people one i think we need to destigmatize the actors that work in pornography um and two we need to Start looking at it as a legitimate part of the film industry. That's, sure. I mean, that's what I think. And I think yeah. they need to be unionized and right. not amongst themselves with the Screen Actors Guild. <sighs> yeah, I don't know how they're going to going to deal with that, but we'll see. If that, if hopefully, does it ever even come up to a vote? Yeah, it's it has, and it's always been shot down. So I keep talking about it in the hopes that somebody does something. Hmm. Um, not you, Paul. I'm not yelling at you. Like, I'm not yelling I'm, at you, but I'm really mad about this. I really think like the producers, the directors, the people that work on these put in as much work as anyone else in any other film. Yeah, you know? the crew guys are working like, you know, because sometimes yep. you work for one production company, what are they, they maybe have one, two productions tops, you know, we're, we're just talking like a film production, but the, the guys working the pornography, the, the camera guys, they're just they're working every week. They're, they're, they're always doing something a week. And most people, I mean, people don't know this, but the same guys I hire on crews and the same guys that get hired are the same guys that were doing a porn last week are doing the show Supernatural this week. There's a there's an absolute crossover. Don't tell people. No, it's, it's, it's a crossover. Well, the, un the unions also like to refer to that as non-union work. I know, but if they make unionized, it wouldn't be a problem, would it? Mm -hmm. And everyone would be paid better. And these guys wouldn't be having to get gigs on the side. Or uh, worried about their gigs on the side or getting, Pretty much. getting popped for their gigs on the side by their unions. And they shouldn't be getting popped for that because if they're not unionizing pornography, mm -hmm. um, then they don't have a chance to get union work in that area. And that's not fair. Mm. That's just my opinion. I just I think it screws everyone. I think it screws the teamsters. I think it screws the actors. I think it screws the crew. I think it screws the directors. Like it, it screws everyone by not unionizing. And I and that would cut down on some of these problems with Pornhub and everything else because then you would have real productions and truly amateur stuff. Put me in code. Well, I'm a good editor. 
But you encourage someone good at it. All right, good. We have a good at yeah. it. Now. You, you right. say that now, but I've known so. I, I remember one particular guy who was a friend of mine. He was in quality control for porn. Mm-hmm. You know, so he had to watch it all day long. He had to make sure that the animated menus went in the right directions. This is back when DVDs were a thing. Uh, and uh, he'd have been doing it for like three months. And he asked me, hey, Paul, you want some porn? I'm like, yeah, is water wet? So he hands me a giant stack that was handed to him, you know, all still in the wrapper, you know, perfect thing. And I'm like, dude, you don't want any of these? And he's like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. No, I get it. I th- it's, I'm out. I'm, yeah. It it's just don't happens. burn out. It's, it's, it's like eating too much chocolate, I think. <laughs> Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about about some more serious stuff. We're going to cut to break now. I'm Summer Helene. We're with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. And when we come back, we'll be chatting after this. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. Tune in every week for Envision with co-hosts Thomas Rosenberg and Ronnie Langer Kroger. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as we speak with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where can you learn about EasyWayPromotions.com's social media marketing, brand positioning, and more? Easy Talk Live. Where can you get tuned into celebrities in the business world? Easy Talk Live. Where can you learn about entrepreneurment? Easy Talk Live. Every week, host Eric E.Z. Zuli and his celebrity friends talk about global causes, offer tips and tricks that you can use right now on social media, and give you the chance to promote your projects on Easy Talk Live. Every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. Mm-hmm. And, and now we have shit. to talk about what happened today. Yeah. Oh my God. So, 
Yeah, we had another uh, mass shooting today in New Zealand. Apparently, it was uh, committed by an Australian who has a long 74-page manifesto, which I only got through about seven pages of. Uh, I hate this stuff. Uh, But, uh, yeah, apparently an Australian man, 28, is being charged with the uh, murder and, I guess, conspiracy to commit murder and basically just whatever they can throw at him, which... Works for me. He's apparently 49. Uh, according to New York Times, we lost 49 souls today. It, it really, this stuff always breaks my heart. I love, uh, the, so New Zealand's prime minister, uh, she's turned around and said, we're changing the laws. So they're talking what they're calling the Port Arthur approach. We had something similar to that happen in Australia in the 80s in Port Arthur. And we got rid of automatic weapons altogether. Mm. So, and it was, I mean, it's, you, you get caught with an automatic weapon in Australia, you are spending life in prison. Like, it's not a screw around, it, no one screws around with it. Um, so, our gun violence went to almost none. We still have, uh, we had an incident, incident a couple of years ago, but that's one since Port Arthur. Um, well, Australia use, is different If you though. use the Bloomberg model, you have one about once every other month. Well, the well, the, the way Australia handled it was essentially it's just a very Australian attitude, which was, uh, you know what, someone shot up Port Arthur with an automatic weapon, so clearly uh-huh. you're not all responsible enough to have automatic weapons, and we're taking them away. I thought it was and, a semi-automatic, but I'm okay with a fully automatic weapons ban. Um, that well, that was Australia semi and fully a banned, and so um, you can have shotguns and things if you work in the film industry. You can get special permits. It's really heavily regulated. But we turned around and went, you know what? You were naughty. You don't get them. And Australia didn't complain, didn't anything. They put their hands up and went, you're right. My bad. And so New Zealand is taking the uh, Port Arthur approach, which well, is I essentially... I thought they already did, but... They, no, you know, this, no, no, this no. They were much had... more permissive. This, much, much. This, this guy, guy had two semi-automatic weapons, where Australia banned automatic and semi-automatic. New Zealand only banned automatic. But just about so, every gun out there is a semi-automatic. You know, uh, that means that means uh, one trigger pull, one bullet this. fired. One trigger pull, one one bullet fired. I, I understand, but I grew up with a dad in the military. You know, I I shoot. Um, I know I'm going to get hate mail on this. My 12 year old has uh, that she's not allowed to have access to has a teeny tiny little pink 22 rifle, mm-hmm. which I believe is a bolt action. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not opposed to guns. I am opposed to automatic weapons, and I don't even think semi-automatic should be a thing. Like, I, I can shoot a revolver really damn quickly. Which actually acts like a semi-automatic weapon, although it's not truly a semi-automatic weapon. There you go. I'm just saying, in cases like this, I like New Zealand's approach, and New Zealanders are a lot like Australians. Don't tell anyone I said that, because, um, you know, my country will boot me. But... I don't see New Zealand arguing the point. When things like this come up in most countries, they want something done about it. America, I got, I love it. This is um, before I say this, I want to say this is my country by choice. I love this country. Um, there is more freedom in this country than really damn near anywhere else. But and I always got to say, but here, mm-hmm. I wish America was better about gun control. I really, really do. And it's not that I don't think people should have weapons. I think they need to screen who has them a shit ton better. 
Well, we already have definitely, we have uh, background checks in place. Uh, but they're not but used and they're not federal. It changes from no, state to state. Uh, I, can go to Nev- I can go to Nevada, pick up a weapon and bring it back to California and they'll have different laws. That, is a, that worries me. Right, but actually most Nevada, and I ran into this myself, because of my California ID, they would not sell a gun to me in Nevada. Even though I had no, I had no, uh, was not going to do anything ill will with it. It was just a really good deal. You can deal, same day. So did they tell you same day you can walk into the DMV in Nevada, you buy a PO box for 10 bucks, get a brand new license on the spot to buy a weapon. They literally are set up for that reason because of all the gun shows. Right. But that would also mean changing my state of, uh, that would be changing my citizenship state, I guess, what they call it. State uh, of- yeah, no, you. so Nevada's really funny on this. Look up their licensing. They're done a little bit differently. The same as Arizona, you get a license for like 56 years or some shit. Um, yeah, one Alexis of them's like 42 one. years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Alexis, I think it's 50 or six. Alexis, I know you're listening to this. How long is the Arizona license for? Um, what, is, what happened? I'm sorry. I was how, how long listening. is the Arizona? How long does the Arizona... For those who don't know, Alexis is my assistant. How long is the Arizona license valid? Oh, 50, uh, for 50 years. Okay, thank you very or, much. So 50, yeah. 50 years. Um, Alexis had one, which is ridiculous because you're not going to look the same in 50 years as you do now. But every state's different on that. Um, it, it's really bizarre. But I don't like... I should not be telling people how to get around gun rules. Like, I just realized, I'm like, I'm just telling everyone how to do this. Never mind. Ignore what I said. Um, but there are ways of getting around it. Yeah, but you might be looking at some fraud charges for that, too. You could. Yeah, remember yeah. that, people. Don't do it. Yeah, because um, it's, it's, it's another willingness to break the law. You know, because, again, criminals don't respect laws. I just don't think that anyone with any kind of criminal history should be allowed a weapon. Uh, you know, I mean, the, you know, misdemeanors, uh, nonviolent crimes, I'm okay with, but you know, but if you commit a felony, stalking, which, which is stalking, what we have now, if now, you have stalking charges against you in California, you cannot have a weapon. If you have them against you in Arizona, you can, I've, I've had plenty of stalkers and I've been through this. Hmm. Um, so it's different state to state. I would prefer federal regulation that, that matters to me. Yeah. I just don't understand why that's not a felony. You know, why, why is stalking it, why, isn't a felony? Right, because again, me and the NRA are, do not want felons to have guns. I stalking isn't a felony; it's a temporary, and it's not even a misdemeanor. It is its own thing. So unless you're charged with stalking, I'm talking about I have restraining orders against people, and that in California affects them from getting a weapon. But the people in Arizona that I have restraining orders against, the people in Nevada, the people in New York, it doesn't affect them. So they can still get a weapon, even though they have a stalking. They, I've, I have restraining laws and mm. orders against them. I have some. Li- I have a couple. Most of them are like five years, seven years. But I have a couple lifetime restraining orders against people, and they can still buy a weapon. You have to actually get a lifetime restraining order against someone. It takes a serious fuck up on their part. I'd like to remind everyone: every time we swear, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, free <laughs> MMA. <laughs> And, of course, the Humane Society of America, um, the Humane Society of California. But that, that matters to me. You know, I have um, 
Alexis, how many? I have like 47 restraining orders out against people, like we, really weird people. This has gone back to modeling days. Now. 49. Okay, what she said. I think I got two more in the last couple of years. And I have to make a correction on the licensing. It's until you're 65. Until you're 65. Okay. So Arizona license exists till you're 65. And apparently I don't have 47. I have 49 active restraining orders against people. One of them, <laughs> it, well, I'm just saying. Uh, and most of them, it's come because they've showed up at my house, broken into my house, or assaulted me. And once the restraining order's in place, the police go, well, you've got a restraining order in place, it's fine. I don't want those people having weapons. I don't want people that have been convicted of spousal abuse to have weapons. And, and again, those convicting, are not why, is that not, why is that not a freaking felony? It's a I misdemeanor, mean, Paul. I know that's that's but where the law get, needs that's that's where not, the law needs to change. And something that uh, people don't always realize, it's not that easy to get a restraining order against someone. You have to go before a judge with that person, and it's it is investigated, especially for the lifetime ones. You can't just file it and hope it sticks. So these are people that have been found to be doing what they're accused of doing. I can't just say this, and a judge is going to give me a restraining order. That's not how that works because right. I just got I get I get things on Twitter. There, there, People there, like, well, you there, can just there, file there, a there restraining has, order. There has to be a paper trail. You yeah, know, there has to be something. There, it's, you know, it, be, it has to be provable. So that so the people can't abuse it. Exactly. Yeah. And so if someone's been got a restraining order against them for stalking, I don't think they should have a weapon. It scares the crap out of me mm-hmm. that that can happen. Um, you know, it's and there are several the, several states that are working to provide this. There's a, a temporary California. California uh, stops them from having guns. There's a, if you have a, there's a New England there's a New England state that basically said that okay we take a temporary restraining order within two weeks he'll get in, whoever that person is will get in front of a judge and whether or not they can have their guns back. Yeah, so yeah. that's well California is good. If you get a restraining no, order against like someone, I said that's better than California for what you're saying. It, it's, it's no no like no Mar- California like Maryland or something along those California lines. you have to get rid of your guns if you get a restraining order against you. Right. Not during the first two weeks, meaning, so for those that don't know, I'm going to go into this because we only have about two minutes left. Mm. If you get a restraining order against someone, you can get an emergency restraining order. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only had one or two of those because I don't have, you know, most of them aren't considered thoroughly imminent. I've only had a couple that I had to get an emergency order. Then you go before a judge and after the person is served, they have to be given your address, which is always awful. Mm. Um, then you go before the judge. And then that person, the judge decides after going through everything, and these aren't short cases, um, and can sometimes take two and three follow-ups with the judge to go collect this or talk to this or talk to the police, call in witnesses. Like, it's, it's very much like a trial. There are witnesses. There's law enforcement. There's a lot to it. It's not easy. Um, and so they go through all of that. And on that point, at that point when the restraining order is issued in California before the judge is when they turn around and say, you cannot have weapons. So that that is a big deal. California treats it like a criminal offense. Most states that I've dealt with, other than California, don't. Yeah, there's a Maryland state. And why I say it's good on both cases, because there are people who abuse this, the, the restraining order process. I mean, I had a restraining order thrown against me, and, it was, and I was told by a mutual, uh, friend of the person who did this, that he did it just to screw with the screw with the fact that I was a gun owner and was trying to be an armorer for films. 
Um, so it can be. And the case in that particular case, I mean, I filed a restraining order with the, expressly saying that I get to keep my guns because that's how I was making money at the time, time by renting them and myself out on sets. See, California, but that's it. California would let you keep them. And if the guy's screwing with you, there's no way that restraining order would have gone through. At least in my experience, they're really freaking thorough. Yeah, when we got in front of the judge, they were both thrown out. Of course. And we both agreed to throw them out. Uh, uh, I had a guy lick me in court in front of the judge after I got a restraining order. Okay, that's new. All right. Yeah, uh, that was that was awesome. And I was how like, did he get that close to you? Because a person gets to get a break. How? Um, so you're sitting on either side of a table. Yeah, yeah, you're standing. yeah. yeah. So his table was next to mine. Mm-hmm. You don't have attorneys in there for it. You re- for restraining orders unless right, you're going there for a lifetime. Like, Guards and guards things, and the ba- yeah. Know. So you have all of those people in there. He just he moved quickly, and that scared the shit out of me because I realized even in front of the judge I wasn't okay. That judge freaked the fuck out. I love that guy. He mm-hmm. freaked the mm-hmm. fuck out. He had the guy arrested on the spot, like he was just done. And that was yeah. And offered me at that point a lifetime restraining order because he felt if he couldn't control himself in front of a judge, I was only right. going for a regular right. restraining right. order. Right, right, right. If he's not controlling himself in front of a judge, never again. So um, for everyone writing me on Twitter, because I just had a bunch of bings on my watch and phone go off. Um, no, I'm, I can't tell you how to get a restraining order against your ex-boyfriend. Go to court, and if you're just doing this because you're mad at him, that's really fucked up. Because I'm mad at my boyfriend and want a restraining order. No, I'm not going to help you. Just FYI. Um, Go talk to your local courthouse. And if there's a good reason, they'll give it to you. If there's not, please remember you bullshit on that. You can get in a lot of trouble. Mm. Just And deservedly so. But if you need one, go to your courthouse. They'll help. Um, But you do. You go straight to the courthouse, guys. Go into the courthouse and file at the courthouse. Not the police station. So mm. that's how to answer that question. But I'm, I'm seriously warning you, don't make stuff up there because you can get yourself in a ton of trouble. We are going to go to break. When we come back, now that we've talked about a bunch of depressing stuff, mm. we are going to be on with Two Girls, One Mike, the podcast with mm-hmm. hosts Yvette and Alice. Um, I'm really, 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 really excited. And I know Paul's excited about this. So I'm going to mm-hmm. go through the bio when we come back. And then I'll go through my uh, product partners and the people that own my ass, too. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back after this. Okay. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. 
This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. What defines your success? Is it success in your business? Success in your personal life? Is it more money? Is it meaningful relationships? How about your passion? Listen for Taking Care of Business with host David Wallach. David's guests share their challenges and what they did to overcome them. What if you can let your passion for success lead you to your success? Taking Care of Business is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I know we're all really excited for our guest today because I've got people going crazy on Twitter. Um, And... Keep your pants on, figuratively and literally. I don't need those photos. Thank you very much, though. Uh, I do want to give. I know they always do it. I want to give a quick uh, shout out to my pro, to to the people that own my ass, um, Adrian Alcantar Hair Studios in Palm Springs, California. Thank you for always making me red carpet ready, especially when I look like hammered poop. Um, Aspen Mills Bread Company. I always like to give them a shout out because they support charities. They support the city. They support uh, a whole bunch of charities. Scott Haskin. Thank you for the awesome music. I always feel like we're going on an epic battlefield. Mm-hmm. Flat Black Art Supplies is a sponsor for one of our, the people we sponsor, which is we sponsor Free MMA. Every time we swear, we give money to them, and Flat Black uh, <laughs> sponsors them. Yep. Aloft uh, Hotels, thank you guys. You always make us feel comfortable in Phoenix. You make us feel comfortable in Seattle. Wherever we go, we love staying there. It's actually really cool. They're really nice to Paul and I. Mm-hmm. Um, Off-Road Rentals, thank you for the free giveaways. Pino's Palette, thank you for the free giveaways. Griggs Vacuums, you're on here because you're Alexis's grandfather. I don't know why she put you on. <laughs> like, she's put with the free giveaways. We don't give away a vacuum, but you're Alexis's grandfather. So, Griggs Vacuums. And, of course, the New Palm Springs Diet by Dr. Russ. It's a sublingual spray. If you want to lose weight, it works really, really well. So, that was just a quick shout-out to the people that do giveaways on the show. Thank you very much. And the people that make me look like a human being when I need to because HD hates me. <laughs> I'm really, really excited to introduce uh, Alice and Yvette. Alice Vaughn. Alice is the creator of Offensive Crayons, a popular pack of adult crayons banned from Amazon for insult- insulting children and Caucasians. I need to hear about this. That sounds awesome. Uh, that was Alice Vaughn. And then Yvette, I'm not even trying to pronounce this, D into time. Uh, uh, yeah, in- let's let them do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to yeah. fuck this up. Um, Yvette- are they here? Help <laughs> they us out. Are. They're laughing okay. at me. How do you pronounce that? <laughs> I, I have an obnoxiously French name, and I, I apologize. It's, I, I, my I, name is Telemarketer Proof, which is fantastic. I like that. That's really good. They don't know how to pronounce it. You know it's not a friend of yours? It's exactly. Basically, if someone calls up and asks for Yvette D'Entremont, I'm like, I don't think I have time for you today. <laughs> it, it, makes my, it makes my life easier. 
One, one way my name makes my life easier. I have lost hotel and airline reservations because of the apostrophe, though. Mm. Yeah, I've, I, apostrophes and, hyph, hy, um, and hyphenations suck in names. I've They're, gotten in trouble for that. I guess, I guess apostrophes are very difficult. They're very difficult. <laughs> So, <laughs> moving on from my name, though, this is okay. this is a lot of rambling on that. I apologize. Okay, before I we like ask that. you about the crayons, why don't you tell us about your podcast? Well, I wanted to go through her bio because <laughs> she's actually oh. really cool. Um, oh, she's a sci babe. She's a debunker of pseudoscience through a combination of accessibly accessibly written and accurate science with a side of dirty jokes. She holds a BA in theater, a BS in chemistry, and a master's degree in forensic <laughs> science. Like she's all round about us. Um, with a concentration in bio-criminalistics, uh, which makes her perfect for sporting for spotting bad orgasms in porn and cleaning up a crime scene. So that's actually really cool. I'm gonna, I can see I, how I that skill set crosses over. I really can. Oh, yeah. It's a, yeah I, it's, it's I, attest that, that, I definitely attest that bad orgasms in porn and a crime scene are pretty much the same thing. Well, they're both a mess, I'll give you that. Mm. And someone's trying clipped. to get away they with tend... something that really isn't, you know, very well hidden. Yeah, and I've seen cleanups yeah. after after sets where people are dressed in, like, hazmat outfits because, and it's warranted. So, really? You know, there's that, yeah. I, I gotta know how that happened. Um, no, you do you guys want to check out? You don't want to know. It pulls like you don't want to know, okay? Not at all. Um, TwoGirlsOneMike.com, you can find them at TwoGirlsOneMikePod. You can find them at um, the Cybabe and at the Rational Blonde. I like that. I should have taken that name. <laughs> um, that's that's actually really cool. I couldn't help myself. And I love it. And then, uh, of course, Facebook, Two Girls, One Mike Pod. So they have a podcast, guys. Uh, it's it's actually kind of cool. You should check it out. Now, Paul yeah. and I are. Uh, are huge supporters of the adult film industry. Um, I've never worked in it, but I still believe, you know, everyone in the adult film industry should be unionized and put in the film industry. That's just my thing. What got you girls into doing this? What got you ladies into doing this? Alice, do you want to take this or do you want me to? Yeah, give us the um, pitch on your podcast. Know, I, I mean, I remember you and I were kind of uh, just kind of blowing around ideas and smoke, but I think you describe it best when you say we're kind of the Neil deGrasse Tyson on how he debunks sci-fi films. Yeah, we debunk porn. Yeah, like I had I had this talk on bad science in the movies, and I was telling the audience why bad science in the movies is kind of okay because you know you're not there to learn about quantum physics; you're there to watch Tony Stark punch a robot spaceship alien. And so I, I made the point in the talk that I'm like watching Neil deGrasse Tyson, and you know, with all with all due love and respect, uh, debunk bad science in the movies. It's kind of like watching people pick apart the plot in a porno. Then I was like, hey, we should pick apart the, the plots in pornos, and our little silly podcast was born because sometimes we take our bad ideas and we run with them i think that's the best thing you can do with them. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and i DeGrasse, think they're very good eyes neil deGrasse tyson just appeared in the latest sharknado so i mean i don't think that's a general rule of good science he's dealing part. with this whole sexual harassment thing right now so I, mm. i'm trying to like back yeah. off neil deGrasse tyson mm. we're gonna yeah we'll we'll we'll, we'll roll we'll, that one back up you know, if they need new people for the next Sharknado, they have us, the porn debunkers. Mm. Exactly. It's the perfect way to go. Now, I don't see how that doesn't work well with Shark. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't see Actually, how Sharknado still happening. Shark week. It's, 
you know, people will consist. Nobody in Hollywood has ever gotten fired for making a sequel. That's just an old adage in the town. <laughs> I'm sure I some, know, I'm I'm sure yeah, some jobs were lost people. over Caddyshack too. Yeah, they, they were, I, I actually know personally like okay. a lot of people who found out a sequel was made and decided they were going to go in and fire a bunch of people. Yeah, so there, there's an old <laughs> adage that nobody ever lost a dollar. There's an old adage by a newspaper guy from the 20s who said that there that uh, no one's ever lost a dollar underestimating the taste of the American public. You know, that's I'll agree true. with that. Yeah. I'll agree with that. And we and we tapped into that really hard. <laughs> mm. So tell tell us how your podcast goes. What do you guys do? So we so go ahead, Alice. You got this one. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so we review the holes and the plot holes of porn, but we don't only watch the porn for the plots, but we actually talk to people within the industry and industry adjacent. Uh, so we love having not only performers on our shows, but we've had directors, we've had people uh, who write about, uh, you know, porn, sex, sexuality. Uh, we've had comedians on the show join us as well, because, you know, who better to make a dick joke than people who do it professionally? I'll agree with that. Very true. Now, you know, yeah. it's, it's the... Um, oh, sorry. Uh, so the show has a couple different formats. Sometimes we're, you know, it's just Alice and I reviewing, <laughs> reviewing a porn. Sometimes we'll have a guest on with us, and then sometimes we run an interview. So it goes back between a couple different things. What's the best? Mostly what's, what's your favorite episode? Oh Lord, favorite one um, has to be Harry Potter because we got so many people telling us they couldn't stop laughing uh, uh, at it. Wasn't it Harry Harry Twatter? I think it was called. It, there was something. It was, this this was this was our first foray into uh, into gay gay men's porn, and we hadn't oh, you know, we hadn't watched one. one for the okay. show yet. And it was so Harry Potter, and what was the and the Sorcerer's Balls, or what was the yeah. follow up? Although I have a different favorite. Oh, okay, what's your favorite? Tell us. So my favorite is when we had Mad Lebon, and we did the Big Lebowski oh, Triple X. So oh, I don't know if, you'd okay. if you guys <laughs> listened to that episode. Second but second. Uh, so we began with. Uh, <laughs> um, hold, hold so we second. began with hold. not only talking about a uh, quicksand porn, but we reviewed the porn, and also Matt shared with us some very interesting circumstances he got into uh, as an adolescent. Uh, Including um, a circumstance with a big mouth Billy Bass. Mm. I was about to say, nice. you said circumstances he got into. I, I didn't know we were calling big mouth Billy Bass's circumstances now because he got himself <laughs> yeah. into. Oh God, I'm sorry. I know a joke. guy that got stuck in a pool. That's the most. Uh, yeah, the most. Uh, well, there was a guy in Michigan who got stuck in a pool. There was a guy that died in 15th century uh, Spain that got stuck in a chicken. Uh, but I think I, that probably I, happens on a regular basis. Why would someone basis. even think to put it there? I don't know why they'd put it there. A boulder fell on him. It served him right. Fair enough. And uh, as an added bonus, I have listened to your uh, to the podcast uh, where you reviewed the Big Lebowski, and uh, I was oh. very happy with the positive comments you gave towards me because my porn name is Peter O'Toole. Oh baby! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I played Walter in the Big Lebowski porno. That was me. No! no. Paul, Paul goes between mainstream film and porn, so he's a perfect co-host because I don't have any experience in that industry. So we go back and forth. He's worked indie, he's worked porn, and he's worked studios. So he's actually worked mm -hmm. all aspects of film. Yep, that was me. I, 
That's how we, we found We love it. your work, by the way. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> we're kind of, we're, we're looking at each other on screen and we're kind of hyperventilating because we want to be you. We want that AVN for best, best non-sex role in a porn. We need that. So, so do we, I. I've been nominated for well, right. and I haven't won one. I'm pretty much the Susan what? Lucci of non-sex porn actors. This is a miscarriage you know. of justice, I say. We'll, we'll start <laughs> thinking you. your consideration campaign for you next time. I agree. So um, we talk about all aspects of the film industry. Porn's a huge, not a lot of people know, um, porn is actually one of the major tentpoles of the film industry. The biggest pre- purveyor of pornography is Disney. Um, well, uh, unfortunately, I did not know that. So. What? Yeah, I, is Disney this a technical thing, or are they actually like? It's like I, I know that a lot of girls went through puberty thinking about the uh, uh, about the the male fox in uh, Robin Hood, but I'm just saying I didn't know that there was actually no. porn coming out of Disney. Uh, yeah, I did have a crush on Robin Hood. I did, but uh, no, like I get that, but no, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, like Vivid <laughs> distributes through Paramount. I uh, Paramount's my parent company, so all major oh, wow. studios have a branch that deals with porn. Um, which is why, you know, I speak at AdultCon and I'm, um, I'm not a fan of porn, but I'm a big supporter of people in the industry. And I think they should ha- be unionized the same, the same way film actors are because it would protect their, you know, their, their intellectual properties and it would protect the actors. And right now I don't think the actors, the crew, the director, I don't think people are protected. And most of the crews on porn sets are the same crews that I use. They just kind of go do these jobs on the side because it's not unionized. Um, and it sucks and it doesn't protect people. So that's just a personal opinion. Um, but yeah, it's the studios profit immensely from porn. And on your podcast, did you guys interview Leroy Myers not too long ago? We did. We We had an episode called lights camera come. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I'm dying. <laughs> yeah, I haven't spoken to Leroy in a while. You cast me a couple of times. He he was good comedy. It was a good time having him on the show, and it's it's fun having different people on the show after you've seen their work. And most of the time, when we have people on the show that we've seen their work, we've we've seen them on camera. This is the first time where we're like, let's get a porn writer, director, and producer on the show. We mm. want to know it, like one of our questions that comes up often is what was left on the cutting room floor, like because we'll watch something and a scene will we'll cut from one thing to the next. And we're like, there was, we lost something in here. There was an explanation missing. So we're, we, we really want to know if, if the plot would have changed, if our enjoyment of that pornography would have changed. <laughs> if, uh, if, if, you know, if the editing had been different, we are concerned with the editing, uh, the cinematography <laughs> and uh, continuity of our jerk off material. Fair enough. But, well, it's good to have high standards. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I invested into a projector and a surround sound just for this show. <laughs> it wasn't necessary, but I needed to hear it at all volume and to have the, have the imaging. That's all I'm saying. What's the worst porno? So I've, I've got people hitting me on Twitter. What's the porn that you have? Uh, uh, the one that the worst the one, that we dislike. Like the worst porn you've ever had to watch. Uh, oh, the, I just got. I got. Uh, the most horrible. Disney owns MindGeek. MindGeek owns a few porn sites. So that's how also ah. how the studios do it. They own companies like that's BET belongs to Paramount. Yeah. So most major porn I companies didn't... belong to, like Viacom owns a lot of them. 
Disney owns more. Wow. I didn't yeah, know Fox owned a ton. Was owned by yep. Viacom Disney. That that blows my mind. Yep, yep, yep. And they distribute yeah. as well that way. But yeah, Mind Geek owns porn sites. Disney owns Mind Geek. So it's it's it kind of works that way. That's how the studios go. No, we don't. But pay us. Um, so you asked so us uh, what our worst porn we've ever watched is. Now, do you mean for the show or just in our personal lives? Because I'm in your personal live. life, like you guys are. Actually, <laughs> oh, what is Lord. the worst porn you've ever seen? Pterodactyl porn. What the fuck is uh, Japanese porn? game show porn? So, so pterodactyl porn. I accidentally stumbled across this back back in the in the days when we still had T yeah. nine texting. So this was when I didn't know what where the bad porn sites, what to stay away from on the internet. Uh, and mm. I stumbled across a thing that involved. It was German, naturally, uh, mm-hmm. and it involved three men in. It was either three or four men in various degrees of uh, pterodactyl costumes, and one woman, and uh, she was kind of in. I, if I recall, a loincloth-ish thing, and yeah, there was there was pterodactyl porn. I'm still traumatized. I've heard of dinosaur and there erotica. There was a hand puppet. You know, uh, but yeah, pictures. Okay, all right. Uh, okay, and not, your ninja? My, not googling that. Although, okay. Mm. Although, when you do watch the uh, the pterodactyl porn, there is a hand puppet in the corner of the screen that is dressed as a pterodactyl. It's pretty hysterical. Um, but for myself, it's Japanese game show porn. I did find one with the subtitles, um, thoroughly scarred, but my favorite is not only do they have the weirdest game show, um, scenarios of, you know, are, is this, are, are you screwing your father potentially, or just if this is your mother, uh, but at the end, they do act as if it is on a game show and they do win prizes like vacations. So I'm, there's something about losing World War II that m- creates weird porn. Yeah, the Japanese, it we think that we're weird. So. You, you, no, 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 no. I think that has to do with a bunch of sexual repression. I really do. Yeah, but I think the more repressed the society is, the weirder the porn is. I mean, you can see the, the porn searches across this country, like by state. They get a little weirder uh, from the states that tell you don't have sex uh, until you're ready to make a baby. Yeah, that uh, they, that always does. There was the uh, I think there was a porn MD who would give us like the top ten most searched porn terms for all fifty states, and it's amazing how much uh, the South loves its uh, ebony porn. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it really, and it really, really is weird. What's What's the coolest thing that you've learned while doing this? Let's see. I mean, we've we've definitely learned a lot about the industry. I would say it's how uh, how nice the people in the industry are, because every single porn actor that we've had on the show, everyone in the industry has said uh, these p- people in porn are the nicest people I've ever met. From the you know yeah. from the people that are starting out to the people that have been veterans of the industry for a while. I mean, we had Nina Hartley on the show. That was a, a lot of fun. Nina was oh, a wow. great interview. Um, oh yeah, she was. It's, we felt bad. We had an hour of audio issues, and she was kind enough to stay on with us. But no, we've learned over and over again. People have said that the industry is kind. It takes care of its performers, uh, and you know, like they they test on a weekly basis. Everyone feels you know safer uh, having sex with a porn with someone else in the porn industry. I think than they would um, a muggle, a regular so stranger. Yeah, they tend. Yeah. They, you yeah. know, uh, the AIDS scares always tend to go back to some sort of some civilian. Well, and, yeah. and on top mm-hmm. of that, there's um, 
something. Uh, so I, Jenna Jameson, one of the coolest people on the planet, actually, um, that I know, um, had said the reason she liked dating guys in porn is they just didn't judge. So she was going to go sense. get laid. She was going to go find someone in porn. Makes sense. I know for myself, the biggest thing I learned was um, with Fosta Sessa, um, really, or oh, just yeah. in general, how much um, regular legislation that's meant to affect, for example, pornography ends up uh, just and uh, really um, affecting so much other legislation, you know, uh, whether oh, yeah. it's censorship online or how we communicate. Um, it's very frustrating and uh, the fact is there's a lot of people unfortunately within politics that conflate sex trafficking and sex work together because it's just not really in a sense a legitimized profession which is exceptionally frustrating because these people are actors they're working they're doing everything else an entertainer would do uh, but they're just doing sex that's the only difference Hence my crusade that everyone at my union is ignoring to get them into. <laughs> like, I want them in the union um, for exactly that reason, because that would cut down on the trafficking. That would cut down on all of it. If you just, if yeah, they had some would. protections and if it was treated like a legitimate job. That's just a personal opinion. We have about three minutes left of the show. Tell everyone where they can find you. We didn't answer really any of the questions on Twitter, so Paul and I are going to get hate mail again because we <laughs> ended up chatting with you guys. Um, we'll have to get you guys on again if you're willing so we can actually answer oh, some of these questions. To. I'm going to hold you to that. You said it on air, so you're, mm -hmm. you're stuck now. Oh, actually, um, you, got, you guys can have us on and drill into our brains for all the drilling we've watched. So. <laughs> Oh, hey. So, <laughs> tell everyone where to find you, where to listen in, give them the lowdown. So, you guys can find us uh, everywhere podcasts are available at Two Girls, One Mic, The Porncast. You can search us by just searching The Porncast. We are the, uh, the podcast that has a white background, microphone, and a bra hanging from it. You can't miss us. Uh, just want to make sure you guys tune into the right show. But uh, you can also find us at twogirlsonemic.com. Uh, and you can find uh, me and Yvette every week uh, and our shenanigans, our fun guests, and reviewing porn and, you know, just having a great time with it. We'll, of course, put up a link. Guys, I strongly recommend that you what you listen to and support this show. I love that you guys um, are responding this way to porn. You know, the, the turnover and the rollover in the industry is, is hard at this point because there aren't a lot of protections. And I think podcasts and shows and people focusing on it can change that. So I think, one, what you're doing is awesome because it helps people. Two, I think it's awesome Ew. because it's just fucking awesome. Yeah, and you guys just said nice things about me. So you're on your aces uh, yeah. and Paul likes you. Paul likes you. You guys are fine. Um, thank Paul, you you're so, coming so on the show. Paul, you're definitely need. We need the non-penis supplying uh, porn actor. Or let me phrase it: the person who's not involved in the sex, who's acting in the right. porn. We want yeah, you I on have, the show. Come I on have, and talk I to us about what that's like. Twice, and that guy makes me look really good. So, high five to your, your stunt penis guy. Mm -hmm. I like that. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, yet another mic. Stunt yeah, penis. Yeah. Okay. Huh. He has. Yeah, someone stunt penises him. He's never actually. He doesn't have sex on camera. Yeah, uh, no one wants to see that. That's what the internet told me after I did the Big Lebowski one, which was kind of hurtful. That's amazing. I didn't realize stunt penises were a thing. I mean, there's a kit where you can like clone a, a penis into a dildo, but like that's a that's not quite a stunt penis. That's a stunt dildo. No, they just oh, kind of turn into a POV thing. So mm -hmm. you know, the guy stunt wears penises a, are guy a wears wears a fat 
fat kind of a fat suit and just let and he's got enough of you know down there so that it sticks out wherever he needs it to so yeah we have past close time we gotta get off guys go check out the same guy who did the really spongebob cool. square nuts so you know there's a whole other thing so, yeah. <laughs> oh we oh, like God. that one <laughs> <laughs> all right we gotta go we gotta close we're definitely having you guys on again i'm summer helene and i want to give a huge shout out and a big big thank you um to our very very special guest today go check out two girls one mike and of course thank you to my co-host host of the militant moderate paul michael boland we'll see you guys next week i'm sorry we didn't get to questions stop texting me and yelling at me on twitter <laughs> bye <laughs> good night Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.